welcome back to the Kingdom Conscience Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Selena Gilbey. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your support. If you like what you hear, why don't you share it? Send us an email if you'd like. Let us know what we're doing right and what you'd like to talk about. And you can send that email to the Casey Convo Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the K C C O N V O Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, I'm pleased to announce that our website is now live. Go to thekingdomconscience.com, thekingdomconscience, all one word, dot com. All of the podcast episodes can be found there. We've got some merchandise. So why don't you go ahead and just stop buying and let us know what you think. All right. Again, welcome to another edition of the Kingdom Conscience Conversations podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm grateful today because I've turned another year older. Um, My birthday was last week on last Wednesday, and I am just excited about another year around the sun, as they say, Um, getting a chance to um, celebrate a birthday is something that I do not take for granted, especially in the last few years or so. I think it's very important that you celebrate yourself. So yeah, I did a soft launch of the podcast on my birthday. And I noticed that some people responded. So if you're listening, I just want to say thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate it. I appreciate every person who looks on um, the podcast outlets and they download mine. I appreciate it. I would love it even more if you would think about subscribing and maybe sharing this with someone else if you think it's if you think it's beneficial to you. So we're going to talk about a very, very important topic today. Um, Something that's pretty sensitive, if you ask me. Um, So I want to put a disclaimer out before getting started. I am not a medical professional. I do not have a license to diagnose or prescribe or give you exactly what to do. This is simply my suggestion according to the word of God just simply having a conversation surrounding these situations that are so prevalent in both the sacred and the secular worlds on the title of our podcast today is the great depression and the reason why um, there are two reasons actually the first reason is in light of that bright shining star that I'm sure many of you saw in the news, the tragic um, outcome of Chesley Christ, I believe that's her last name. But Chesley, on the outside, it seemed that she had everything going for herself. She earned her MBA. She was an attorney. She was a blogger. Her Instagram says that she had over 600,000 followers. She was an Emmy-nominated correspondent for Extra TV. And she was crowned Miss USA 2019. Now, for me, it boggles my mind 
that a person has accomplished and as beautiful and as educated as her, what could have gone so wrong that the only way out was taking your life? It really, it boggles my mind. I am aware, however, with the onset of COVID, that anxiety rates and depression rates have skyrocketed in the U.S. and probably abroad as well. According to usfacts.org, it says in late May, 30% of adults were experiencing anxiety and depression or depression symptoms. We also know that, um, according to this article, that some demographics reported higher rates of anxiety and depression than others, including young adults, women, Hispanic Americans, and people without a high school diploma. It says over 45% of Americans aged 18 to 29 reported symptoms of anxiety or depression in the latest survey. Also, younger Americans tend to report higher rates of anxiety and depression symptoms. And Chesley was about 30 years old, so she fit right in. So with an age which many would believe was the prime of her life. And just to go back, and honestly, I didn't know much about her or I didn't really know her at all until this happened, which is very unfortunate. How many times, you know, do we find out someone has passed and then we start to look back at all of their accomplishments? And it's just a really sad thing to me. Um, But of course, I looked and started to kind of dig into what it is that she was all about. And everything just seemed positive and light and her mother made a statement saying that you know she was struggling secretly was things that she hadn't even shown or revealed to her mother that I guess she was going through and so that made me think is there any place in the scripture where someone has dealt with depression and anxiety because it seems to be all around us now again like with COVID and it does seem like there's a lot of illness and sickness and disease. Not that it's just coming, but it just seems to be magnified in some way. And anyone who knows anything about pain or suffering, when you're going through situations, if you're not careful, you'll sit and you'll ponder and you'll contemplate on what could happen what you didn't do, why this happened. And it it has to be a conscious effort. You have to make a very conscious, intentional effort to make sure that you align your thoughts in a place that's going to result in healthy living and not negative. I'm, and it, it's not something that, that can be done easily. It's, it's easier say, said than done, but when you're talking kingdom, that's what you have to do. So thankfully, we have the word of God to look to. We have the word of God to search and to seek out what it is we can do to help our minds. 
I know Joyce Meyer wrote a book many, many years ago, but it's still relevant today called The Battlefield of the Mind. If you haven't read that book, I'd encourage you to do so um, because the mind is the place that the, the enemy tries to get us every time. Because if you can defeat yourself and your mind first, no one else has to do any work. If you can convince yourself that you're going to die or that you're no good or that you messed up and you made a mistake so bad that it cannot be forgiven. If you convince yourself of that, there is no enemy that needs to be in your life because you are your greatest enemy. And this is something that I've learned over the years, something that I continue to learn that it's so important to keep control of your thoughts. So again, I wanted to look at the scripture and see, can I find some story? And I know there's many of someone who was dealing with some issues in their mind. And I want to know how did they make it out or what did they do? So the scripture took me to first Kings, the 18th chapter. And I'm going to start at the first verse. And I'm reading out of the New International Version. And it says, After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elisha. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, his palace administrator. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Verse 5, Ahab had said to Obadiah, go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so we will not have to kill any of our animals. So they divided the land. They were to cover Ahab going in one direction, Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and said, Is it really you, my lord, Elijah? Yes, he replied. Go tell your master Elijah is here. So then the scripture goes on to see that Obadiah, he doesn't want to do that. He's afraid because as you heard, Jezebel, um, King Ahab's wife, is putting these, they're putting them to death, the, pr the prophets. They're putting the prophets to death. So he's afraid to go and tell them Elijah is here. And so, but Elijah assures him as it goes down, Elijah assures him, um, you'll be fine. He says in the 15th chapter, or the 15th verse, he says, as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So Ahab, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And then they began to have this, um, this discourse back and forth where he tells him, you know, I'm going to tell you who's the true and living God today, basically. And so he, he has the prophets and he, he has something kind of mixed up too because which is very important because we're talking about the mind now 
Obadiah just let him know that he had hid a hundred prophets. But in verse 22, Elijah says, I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal, who is the false god, has 450 prophets. And so he, he begins to tell him, go get bulls and we're going to basically have a showdown. We're going to see whose God is real. And so, of course, if you read the story, I do encourage you to. You'll see that the those who were serving the false God begin to do what they do, offering their sacrifice, cutting themselves. I mean, just getting crazy and nothing happens. But when Elijah does his thing, God comes and shows up in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. I encourage you to read that for yourself. It's an amazing story. So then we see him. Elijah was so confident in what God was doing. He even began to taunt them as they were um, offering their sacrifices and praying and calling to their gods. He was taunting them. He was teasing them. I guess your God can't hear you and saying things like that. He was so confident in the God that he served. He was so confident. As we go on throughout the scripture and then move to the 19th chapter, this is where you start to see how if you're not thinking right, your mind really can cause you to feel like you are totally defeated. Now, we just had this big uh, win. God just showed up in a mighty way. He came down and he consumed the sacrifice. And he, he, but then all of a sudden, when Ahab and Jezebel hear what's going on and they send word, Jezebel said in verse 2 of chapter 19, she said, She sent a message to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make my life like that of one of them. In verse 3, it says Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. Now, the same one that was confident and God showed up for him, God sent rain, God came down and consumed the sacrifices. But now he's afraid because she sent word. She she didn't come to him. She didn't attack him. His people didn't. No one touched him. He heard someone's word and he was afraid. So right here, I want to give my first caution. I want to caution you if you've been used of God. I mean, you're on a high. Maybe God is using you to do something miraculous or something great. You've really made a difference in the lives of people. I don't know what it is. Maybe you sang a song that blessed people or you prayed a prayer that blessed people. And I mean, it. God showed up in a mighty way. Beware of the Great Depression. And I'm speaking from experience. The enemy will use after the time after to send any word from anybody anything to get you discouraged to get you to second guess what just happened to get you to start to doubt what just happened the enemy it's been times where maybe God has used me greatly and right after 
there's a, a fall of just being down and I begin to review what happened and I think I should have did this and I didn't do that and I said this and people are going to think that those are things that you cannot focus on you have to be intentionally focused in the same confidence that you had in the beginning while you were going through that same confidence that that Elijah had in the beginning you got to somehow keep your mind focused there. Yes, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to miss uh, quote things. We're going to say things um, maybe not as clear as we could have. We're just, we're human. And you have to allow for human error and know that God is going to cover. He's going to keep you. And, and he's able to wade through the mess of, of flesh, if you will, and get his point across. Now, of course, we study and we do the things that we need to do. We consecrate. We seek God for direction and, and, and to be filled with his spirit. But there are sometimes we're going to make an error. And sometimes there are things we consider to be errors that aren't even errors. It's just, you know, we're just hard on ourselves. So I want to caution you not to allow your mind to go there because it'll get you in a place where you'll say, well, I don't want to do anything anymore. I'm not going I'm not going to speak. I, you know, I misspoke or I quoted a scripture wrong, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Or when I prayed, you know, I didn't know what to say, so I don't want to pray anymore. No, we have to keep persevering because we have to remember that God is our strength. He is our strength. He's the one who gives us what to do. He gives us how to do it. And we have to put all of our trust in him. We are simply conduits. If you happen to pray and someone gets healed, if you happen to sing and someone is delivered, it has nothing to do with you. You have to remember that. God is using you as a conduit. His power is what transforms people, not your prayer. His power is what uh, opens doors for people and frees people and heals people. Not you, not, not your hands. It's God's power. And I think this is so important for us to remember because when we don't keep our focus, then our minds will run wild. When we trust in ourselves and we trust in our own abilities, we will always be disappointed. You have to remember that it's God that fortifies us, that keeps us, that gives us everything that we need to do what he's called us to do. So when we're looking at the prophet Elijah and what great way God used him and showed up. And then after hearing a threat from the enemy, after hearing just a word, he began to run for his life, the scripture says, and he hides himself. He hides himself in a cave, not wanting to work anymore, thinking that everything is gone, everything is over. After this big triumphant feat, all of a sudden he feels like he's worthless. And we can use him as an example because if we're not careful, the same thing will happen to us. But it's all about where is your focus? Somehow the enemy got him distracted with that 
threat that came. And when the enemy comes on us, threatens our body, threatens our health, we start to get distracted because we start focusing on that thing. Or maybe our finances are low. Maybe we lose a job or something is going wrong that makes us shift our focus. But we have to know that God is able. He's able to bring us out of any situation. And there's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing that he can't bring us through. I'm looking at my situation personally. You know, about a year and a half, two years ago, being diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. Something that I had never heard before. FSGS. Had never heard of this this disease before something that the doctors think were was probably laying dormant in my body and somehow you know when I turn 43 something wakes it up and all of a sudden my kidneys are failing up until this point I had been totally healthy health was never on my mind of course being fit or losing weight things like that but never had any trouble with anything else chronically it turned my life upside down. But I knew I wouldn't make it through. And I can't make it through without trusting and believing God. It was so bad. I was so nauseous. I was sick all the time. Super tired. Didn't understand why. And I ended up get, gaining over 80 pounds of fluid which made it very difficult for me to even function. Couldn't do regular things. It was a it was a tax to even stand up or or get or sit down, getting in the car, getting out of the car, um getting in the bed, getting out of the bed. All of these things that were just things we don't we do without thinking. I needed assistance to do. It was so troublesome. But I knew I couldn't focus on it. I had to I had to know that God was going to bring me through it, that it wasn't the end. And God gave me a scripture. He told me, you shall not die, but live and declare the glory of the Lord. And he gave me that early on. And it was something that I'm still yet holding on to, because, of course, the enemy will tell you, you can't live on dialysis forever. You know, this is how long do you think this is going to last? These are things that comes to your mind, but I can't focus on that. I'm going to focus on the scripture that tells me I shall not die, but live. And this is what I'm encouraging you today. Let's 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 steer away from the Great Depression and let's keep our minds focused on him. Let's think on things like the scripture says, whatsoever is good, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of a good report. Think on these things. If there be any virtue, these are the things we want to think on. The love of God, the peace of God, how he's always with us. He's our provider. He provides healing. He provides provision. He provides everything that we have need of. And even the desires of your heart, the scripture says he will give you. So I want you to be encouraged today and I want you to beware of the Great Depression and remember, you, of course, when God is using you or you are in a, a situation where God is going to 
use you where I don't care what it is. Maybe you're teaching, you're coaching, you're, you're, um, I don't, you're a therapist, uh, whenever you're dealing with his people, it's not just using you behind a microphone or using you as an intercessor, whatever it is. Remember, you have to guard your mind. Look, scripture tells us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He didn't think himself so high that he, he couldn't humble himself to the cross. He didn't think so much of himself that he couldn't get low. But another thing I want you to realize in this story of First Kings and looking at Elisha is that you don't want to you don't want to trust your thoughts. Your thoughts are all, are not always clear. Remember in the scripture when, when he said he was the only one left. Although Obadiah had told him, listen, I hid a hundred of God's prophets and I'm getting I'm feeding them I'm sustaining them but he's like oh I'm, I'm the only one here sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing we think we, we're the only one like you know God you need me because there's no one else that can do what I'm doing now we are his hands and feet but don't get it twisted as they say God can use whomever he will so I just want to I want to tell you with that, don't trust your own mind. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust what your mind is telling you. Sift those thoughts through the word of God. Sift it through prayer. And another thing, the last thing I want to tell you, you might want to sift it with a good mentor or someone, a good counselor. Don't trust yourself. Anytime your mind is telling you to get by yourself and be alone and isolate yourself unless it is isolating yourself for a time to seek God. Let me be clear because there are times you have to back up. But anytime your mind is telling you, I don't need nobody. I'm not going to be around people. I just want to be by myself. You better kick that out. And let me encourage you from I'm take I'm giving you this advice from my own personal experiences. There have been times through this sickness where I just want I'm feeling so bad I just want to stay in the bed all the time. I have to encourage myself. I have to push myself. I have to will myself. Saying no, uh-uh, go down there, sit with the family, talk, be with the family. Can't just isolate yourself because when you isolate yourself. That's time for the enemy to go to work. And then every mistake that you're making or every pain that you're feeling, you'll say, oh, yeah, maybe maybe he is right. The devil is a liar. Let's be intentional on seeking God and keeping our mind stayed on him. So in light of the poor soul, Chesley Christ, Miss USA 2019 who leaped to her tragic death even though it's, it just seemed to us like everything was going right like she was on top can I tell you the great depression hit her 
I don't we don't know the details of what happened, but it just it pains me that there are people out there that are suffering. They're suffering in silence. And I'm praying that no more of this these tragedies happen and we're we're left on the other side saying, what could I have done? Why didn't I see the signs? We're asking questions like saying, I should have did this and I would have I would have did that. Let's try to be more intentional to to see the people around us and to reach out and to be there and to be compassionate and be sympathetic and be and show empathy to people. Let us not be so judgmental. Let us not think that because you seem like you doing you doing it, that everything is okay. Let's care about Let's care about the psyche of people. Let's care about their souls and their spirits. Let's look after them. This is my prayer, even for me. Let me be more discerning of my surroundings. Let me let, let my spirit be more keen to pick up on what's going on. Let me know when to check in with people. You know, without being a bugaboo. You know, let's do that. And as I said in the beginning of this podcast, I wanted to share if there's someone that may be listening to me. First of all, I want you to tell you, I just want to tell you that I'm praying for you. I pray for all of my listeners, everybody who is listening, everybody who clicked on, even if they just clicked for a minute and didn't follow it through i pray that god's blessing his rich blessing would be all over you i pray that his blood will cover you and keep you i pray that he will give you direction i pray that he would answer every prayer and the desires of your heart in jesus name that is my prayer but i also know enough to know that while we're praying we may need a little help You know, if we go to the doctor, I went to the doctor for my kidneys. When you're having an issue in your body, you go to the doctor. Well, you know, when you're having an issue in your mind and your brain, there's doctors for that as well. So I want to encourage you, if you feel, if you've been feeling overcome with anxiety and you feel like you're in a depressed state and you have not wanted to be around people, didn't want to get out the bed, I want to... I want you to know that there are so many places that will offer services and support to to you in your time of need. One is betterhelp.com. Betterhelp.com. And if you're here in Michigan with me, there's a 24/7 support service, emotional support service that you can go and that number is 888 888- five three five six one three six again eight 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 five three five six one three six and that's a 24 7 emotional support service here in michigan now there's also a national service if you've ever felt like or you know someone who has come to this point like chesley and feeling like you want to take your life there's a national hotline, 1-800-273-8255. That number is 
273 talk this is a national suicide hotline uh, my heart goes out for people who are struggling and this week I will focus prayer in that realm because I know what it feels like haven't always shared things but even in my younger years there were times when my mind wanted to tell me it would be better if you weren't here yes but I am so glad that God changed my mind I'm so glad that I didn't succumb to the plan of the enemy I'm so glad that I persevered. I'm so glad that I kept fighting. I'm so glad that I kept praying. I'm so glad that I kept seeking God and not thinking that when I made mistakes that I was too bad for him to forgive me. I'm so glad that I kept going. And my prayer is that you would keep going. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep pushing. Keep looking to God. Keep seeking help. Keep doing it because we need you. God needs you. People need you. You don't know how many people are watching you and looking to you and and encouraged by you and your walking, the things that you do. I promise you. A lot of times we think nobody's paying attention to me. Nobody knows me. Why? Because your name is not in lights? Because you don't have the blue check on your Instagram? Because you don't have 160,000 followers or so? But I guarantee you there's someone on the job, at school, in the grocery store, someone who's watching you and who's and is looking at you and saying, wow, I wish I can do that. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged to keep doing what God has called us to do and keep living for the kingdom. Until next time.